Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello, welcome to the 53rd edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. My name is Michael Bailey. I hope this finds you safe and well on the way. And we thought last week was an injury crisis. Harry Kane at Norwich, but was he able? And your questions answered. We will work through all of that and more with our guests tonight. Former Norwich City press officer, Ben Mounser. Hello, Michael. And former Norwich City publications and programme editor, Dan Brigham. Hello, Michael. Thank you for joining us, guys. Much appreciated, as always. Uh, Dan, you're getting your notes out there. That's good to see. I'd like to do my preparation as we start recording. Indeed, yeah. That's probably why you turned your halo off as well. Um, Are you well? Uh, Yeah, very well. Thank you, Michael. Just got over the excitement of the FA Cup draw and facing Coventry City at Carrow Road again. That's good. That's one thing we don't have to talk about later. Well done. Yep. Coventry in the third round of the FA Cup. Job done. No one really cares. (laughs) Uh, Ben, how are you? I'm match fit, Michael. I've not got any strained vocal cords or anything. You know, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm I'm fit. I'm good. Well, well, that makes one of us. Um, uh, I was getting criticism, I noticed, for not not, uh, subbing off Steve enough. Um, I'm running him into the ground. So I've given him a week off this week. Um, He better come back refreshed. Otherwise, I'll be if only if Daniel Fark had such luxuries. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, uh, we are giving you listeners the chance to subscribe to The Athletic for our best price ever at the moment. It is just £1 per month for a full 12 months and you can cancel at any time so you can access all of The Athletic all year long, including all of our podcasts ad-free. We'll bring you unrivaled coverage of Norwich City, or I'll try, uh, for an unbeatable price, and we won't be running a better deal anytime soon. This offer runs from Black Friday, which was, of course, last Friday, for just one week. So it's up until the 4th of December. Do not miss out. Um, You will be able to read my feature on Harry Kane's Norwich City loan. We're going to talk about that in a bit. Emmy Buendia, Michael McGovern analysis. There were exclusive interview with Tim Krull going through his best Norwich saves. There's an exclusive with Josh Martin, exclusive with Andrew Sermon, exclusive with Charlie Gilmore, exclusive with Tom Triber. There's lots. They're all there for you. Go to theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod. That's theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod as in podcast, and pay just £1 a month for 12 months. This offer is for new subscribers only. Let's crack on with this week's Headline Act. Now, I could literally use the same intro as last week here, because yes, Norwich are top of the league. They're unbeaten in 10 as we record. But the issue is how many players will still be standing by the time we get to death? Well, Wednesday, um, it would be easier to list who is fit rather than um, who isn't at the moment. Um, we did speak about this quite a lot last week, uh, but it's the biggest issue surrounding the club at the moment. And if we look at the bench for Norwich's 1-1 draw with Coventry on Saturday, we had Christoph Zimmerman, who's the only one who's ever played league football in England. We then had Daniel Barden, who has at least played um, in the cup. He played against Luton at the start of the season. And then we had four 
uh, 18 year olds who are all eligible to play in the FA Youth Cup tie at Wolves next month, which I think just put it all into, into some sort of context. Um, my issue, I think, and the point I want to raise here is that at the moment, Ben, can Daniel Farker really afford to look at his bench and go, I don't know if I can trust you because you're all too young? Because ultimately, this is, this is all he's got to play with at the moment. Yeah, I mean, he can't. He, he's going to have to use them, isn't he? I mean, if you look at the bench, as he said there, Michael, for the commentary game, it was Christoph Zimmerman, who um, famously trained as a teacher, and then he just had a load of students around him, basically, didn't he? So Lovely. Was, um, I, I was just, I, it made me think of um, the summer and when, when we were talking about, I don't know how many players we've got and how, how are we going to fit them all in and how are we going to keep everybody happy? And now we suddenly find ourselves in this situation. Look, he, <laughs> he, um, he, he can't, obviously we've got eight games in December starting at Luton on Wednesday, which is, is obviously a really difficult run to manage in kind of with a normal size squad and with, um, you know, players fit and raring to go with the situation we're in at the moment, it's quite daunting, I imagine. Um, but yeah, the, the, the problem is, and, and this is probably why Daniel Farker didn't make those changes in the game against Coventry is that the, these players aren't just, you know, inexperienced youngsters they are like under 18 players really who I can't imagine have spent too much time around the first team squad in training and suddenly find themselves on the bench in a championship game so yeah it's, it's a difficult one for Farker isn't it? it it struck me as interesting Dan that or inter, you know a good way of doing it that um, uh, Tom Dixon Peters got to go to the Stoke game but not get used I mean probably necessity because I think there were there was at least one spare seat on the bench that day and then three of course on Saturday but at least he'd sort of been in around it as Ben says to then if he was going to be needed to come on um, to come on against Coventry uh, it, should 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 Daniel Farker have changed it a little bit more on on Saturday I saw a few people sort of saying well you know you needed to freshen up and just throw on a youngster to give fresh legs but I mean I don't know if it would have necessarily been quite that straightforward because Coventry at the same time brought on a lot of players who were probably first choice and Mark Robbins had actually rotated. Yeah, and that's a slight disrespect to Coventry, I think, to say that we could have thrown on any of our lone players and they'd have done a really good job out there. And I suppose the other thing to consider is what Norwich City way of doing things in the academy is they don't think uh, when a young lad is going to get into the first team or try and break through to the first team this season, they tend to try and then send him out on loan with you to get them into the first team the following season. So we're not really dealing with the sort of the cream of the crop of the academy uh, at this stage as well. It's kind of the people who have not ready, been ready to send, be sent out on loan. Um, I thought it was interesting actually looking at that squad and the sort of expectation and entitlement ahead of the game where people expected us, that starting level is good enough to beat Coventry, but I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think I'm, being a bit too over the top, if, you, if I say that that squad would be in a relegation battle across an entire season, that Norwich City squad. And that's kind of how we should probably lower our expectations across the next month or so or the next three weeks until we've got a few of the players back, is that we're dealing with a squad that can't really impact games uh, by changing from the bench. And we're dealing with a squad that has no recognised striker, no recognised left back, potentially no recognised right back. So, uh, you know, any kind of points that we pick up, uh, is going to be down to excellent coaching from uh, the management team, um, and you know, relying on that first eleven. Obviously, Emmy coming back is 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 massive. But I think lowering expectations is probably a good thing to do at the moment. If we can stay, you know, in touch in the top two over the next few weeks, then we've done a really good job. Alex Tetty didn't seem too uh, worried, though maybe he never normally does, to be fair. But uh, he, he he seemed quite, you know, be like, all right, we'll we'll see it through. He suggested a couple may come back. 
um, for the Luton game. Um, we're obviously speaking to, we're recording on Monday evening and we will speak to Daniel Farker tomorrow. So I am sort of preempting things here. I, it does sound like the prognosis with Max Aarons is not very bad at all. So um, may even have a chance for Wednesday. I don't know, but um, that's just remarkable because I was kind of convinced it was ankle ligaments and it'd be weeks and you, you get into all sorts then plus he left with a protective boot and on crutches so um i think that would be um it would be quite remarkable if he was certainly back playing this week but um yeah so that's good i mean maybe lucas rupp isn't too far away and none of the injuries are too long term well no I, there is a chunk of the injuries that isn't too long term that's what it like that probably is the best way um so so we we will see and imagine it will hit the other teams in the championship at, at some point as well i'm kind of glad ben i didn't ask last week on uh, to get uh, who was it Stephen jack wasn't it last week to get their thoughts on who the uh, who the one player was that they felt we couldn't afford to lose and again that could have been six weeks it sounds like it's only going to be three or four which would which would be good what what did you what did you make of michael mcgovern on um, saturday i thought it was okay the, the probably areas of his game that maybe most worried about he was fine i thought at distribution generally he, he was pretty good and obviously we tried to play the same way as we we do with tim cruel which for michael mcgovern having hardly played any football for years <laughs> literally years it's not easy to come in and do that but i thought he did that okay the couple of shaky moments obviously were a, a very basic handling error in the in in the first half there and a couple of other sort of smaller things, but generally, I think he um, he did okay, and he's he's going to have to get up to speed quickly because he's going to be playing. You know, even if Krull is three to four weeks, it's still going to be four or five games from McGovern um, back to back. Ian Gabelli, hello, Ian. He asked, with uh, only Pookie fit now, which he obviously is not now, <laughs> do we play someone like Emmy as a false nine, or is someone in the under twenty threes ready to take Hugill's place? I'd like Drummich back but that doesn't sound like an option. If it was an option then, it's less of an option now is what I would suggest. Uh, and of course, we now know that Marco Stieperman is a false nine, so that's good. And team is um, unfit. Uh, Jake, uh, at that Jake person, uh, that Jake person, um, thanks for your question, Jake. Do you see a likelihood of Daniel Sinani being recalled if injuries persist or worsen? He seems to be the top candidate to fill a metaphorical midfield hole. I'm not sure what one of those is, but I'd love to see it. I, by all accounts, Jake, I don't see Daniel coming back in January. I had wondered that from the noises and, and various bits, it, it doesn't sound like that will happen. I think Norwich are confident that various players who are out will be back. And if, if they're not back, in time for January by February you're going to have them definitely back and it doesn't sound like Jordan Hugill's injury is too bad so it does sound like Danelle will be spending the season away as was of course the intention and finally Matt Howlett um, who is Matt Howlett 83 on Twitter what is the possibility of uh, Sebastian Soto getting a work permit now he has scored a couple of senior international goals we call him from Telstar especially with Hugill and Edo obviously out there etc um, and it's a good question by the way and he's certainly not short of confidence um, the thing is that the goals were scored in a friendly I think and if it had been a qualifier then I think they carry a bit more weight but it's only anecdotal support of a work permit we don't even know what the work permit rules are yet post Brexit because no one's decided <laughs> so it's um, it's all delightfully up in the air uh, I, I would be amazed if he's anywhere near the team I think Norwich are basically trying to work on how they get him in into the group for next season so that's probably what I would work on for now Job done. Thank you always for your questions and we will get through more of those, of course, as the season goes on. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, 
courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. There's only one thing for Centerfold this week. Uh, I remember having a conversation with my editor uh, several weeks ago, Charlie Scott. Hey, Charlie. Uh, happens to be a Spurs fan. Uh, randomly, we were discussing something, and he said, we should do something on Harry Kane's Norwich loan. Now, he sounded much more excited about that than I did, because I was like, well, there's about five games. He got injured in the middle. Uh, and then he missed a good chance against West Ham. I mean, what literally, what else is there to put in it? Um, but I said I'd have a look. And then I remember, uh, remembered that I still had this. Obviously, uh, what I came here to do is get some games, get some minutes under my belt. And uh, tomorrow will be a great chance to prove myself to the gaffer to try and push for uh, Premier League spot kind of thing. Ideal opportunity with a number of new faces in the team tomorrow. Yeah, of course we'll all be there trying to impress, and the most important thing is we're trying to get the win. You know, we've all been training well together, got a good bond together, so we've got to take that into the game. And it's a chance really to, to boost confidence as well, isn't it, among the squad's games like this? Yeah, of course. No, it's going to be a tough game, no doubt about it. Doncaster are a good side, so we're not taking it lightly, but we know we're going to be favourites for it, and we want to go out and do the job and get through to the next round. Doncaster have got a couple of away wins already, so they, uh, you know, it might be tough. Yeah, no, I think it'll be a tough game. You know, they've got a, they've got a good side and they're, they're doing well this season. So we just got to keep keep focused and uh, go into the game. Obviously, plan play the way we can, and we should get the result. Is there an appetite in the squad for a cup run in the League Cup? Yeah, obviously we want to go all the way. Uh, like I say all the players want to win, and uh, this is a great chance to get through to the next round and then go from there. Have you had a chance to put that out of your mind yet? Then? That miss that didn't quite go. Yeah, that's football, you know what I mean? Everyone misses, everyone misses chances. But like I say, I've just got to keep doing what I'm doing and get in them positions and, like I say, take the next one. Because when we talked about bringing you, you know, we've seen it at Spurs, you know, that's really sort of part of your game, you know, being a, being a natural finisher. Maybe this is a chance to sort of show what you're all about. Yeah, of course. Obviously, uh, I've proved that I can score goals the two loan spells I've been on. So that's what I want to do now. I want to score goals in the Premiership. That's the next step. So hopefully if I can pro- progress and uh, do that and uh, go on from there. What do you sort of do when that doesn't doesn't go right? Do you sort of, you know, go home and boot the wall or something? Or do you just sort of have to just put it out of your mind? And yes, I think it? the quicker you put it out of your mind, the better. You've got to, it's, it's football, it's life, you know what I mean? You've got to get on with it. The quicker you can move on and take the next opportunity the better so uh, yeah I think you've got to get on with it to be honest you come across Doncaster last season while you were at Mill yeah Mill yeah. what are your impressions really? no that's a good side obviously we're we both fighting for uh, relegation battle then so it's a, a lot in that game but they're a good side they're a tough team and like I say hopefully if we play the way we, uh, we know we can then uh, we should get the result how important is this cup game in the context of the league as well I mean the, the momentum's the kind of key thing you want to build up, isn't it? Yeah, of course, it's a great way to uh, kick, say, start the winning, the winning habits. And uh, like I say, if we get a win tomorrow, then we can just go on and hopefully push on, uh, take that into the Premier League. Harry, what's your initial thoughts of the boys? I know you've been around them for a few weeks. Yeah, no, great bunch of lads. Very tight group. You know, everyone gets on with everyone. So uh, no, I've enjoyed my time here so far. And uh, hopefully we've got a long season ahead. And like I say, we'll take it forward. How did it sort of pan out with Tottenham? I mean, did you sit down with the manager there and... Agreed, maybe you need to go out and try and get better. It's all, it's all kind of last minute. Obviously, I was first choice there, and then on deadline day, they was obviously signing Dempsey. So when I knew that was happening, he said like, it'd be good for you to get some uh, games out and learn, and that's when the deal got done. Yeah. You obviously, I'd know as a t- even though it was late, late, you, when you... Yeah, no, yeah, of course, I, I want to be playing. I want to be playing like, week in, week out in the Premiership. So no, it's a great opportunity for me. I mean, you must have felt... Uh, as you said earlier, I mean, you've you maybe proved yourself at championship level. I mean, clearly, 
you back yourself to do the same with this league? Yeah, of course, it's the next step. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's all experience, so that's what I want to be doing. I want to now take that into the Premiership and then go on from there. Well, what I just want to find a point, obviously, you know, at the minute, it looks like defensively Chris has got it um, you know, nicely tight after the Fulham game, but it's not quite clicking up front. I mean, as strikers, is that frustrating that, you know, probably outside the camp there's going to be people looking at striking and pointing fingers, is that? Yeah, that's, that's always going to happen. That's, that's what football is, that's what the fans and everyone does, but... Yeah, I mean, we're, we're keeping focus and we know that we're creating chances, which is the most important thing, and we're soon putting them away. We maybe need a bit of luck now and then, but once, uh, I think once we get a couple, then they're just flying. Great. Cheers, what, can you, what can you offer maybe different than to what Grant's got or, or Steve or you know, Simeon? Is it about having that right blend of, of attackers? Yeah, it's, it's a different blend. There's sort a of different variety in, in all of us, like I say. So I think whichever... Uh, one of us play or two of us play and uh, I think we've all got goals in us so that's the most important thing that we're creating chances and we'll put some away. There we go that was Harry Kane's one and only press conference uh, or sort of gathering at um, one of the mobile old mobile classrooms at, at Colney Training Centre. Um, he'd already played against West Ham so he'd made his uh, debut and that was ahead of the League Cup game at home to Doncaster in which he broke his foot and that was basically it for another 12 weeks and then he came back for a few games that people kind of forgot about um I, I did actually watch every minute of harry kane's loan action apart from the doncaster game uh, which i think uh, dean saunders have probably burnt the footage i don't know what happened but um didn't didn't see that apart from the goal i managed to find the the goal that was scored alex tetty's first for the club um, assisted by Harry Kane, which uh, even Alex Tetty had forgotten. It ended up being about 5,000 words, I think. It goes down as a long read, I think is the technical term. But um, please go and read the piece if you wish, because it took me a long time to put it together and write. As I said earlier, don't forget our special Black Friday offer. It's running from Friday, just gone for one week. You can get your subscription to The Athletic for our best ever price of £1 per month for 12 months, and you can cancel at any time. Go to theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod. That's The Athletic dot com forward slash Norwich pod and pay just one pound a month for 12 months to access our unrivaled coverage of Norwich City this offer is for new subscribers only um gentlemen watching it all back the one thing that struck me was his debut every single person gave examples of how much work he put into his into his training which really took me back I didn't even have to prompt most of them they just knew that and remembered it was what they saw of him was on the training ground practicing his finishing on his own and as I said I had a very set impression of his debut in my head which was basically he came on he missed and then that was it and there was just this great chance a few minutes earlier which was he nutmegged Mark Noble and this trademark Harry Kane shot that just whistles past the far post completely forgot it had happened and then a few minutes right at the end of the game as well last minute he sets up Robert Snodgrass for another chance as well and it just um I suppose it it struck me down just how much I'd kind of forgotten of that 20 minutes and maybe underappreciated what the talent was at that point because from that point on it's very hard to judge after his injury and and what was sort of going on around the team after that I think most Norwich fans do remember him uh, for that miss I'm, I'm certainly the same as well but I think it's also kind of sums up the, sort of, the player Harry Kane is is he's not like he's not out well he's not outstanding his natural attributes aren't obviously outstanding it's just that he is excellent at everything uh, his passing, his shooting, his link-up play, his movement, all of it is excellent. He's got no, no weak part to his game. And I think 
uh, when you only get the chance to see what five games he played for us, uh, then that doesn't become naturally apparent because, you know, you, you wouldn't say, oh, this guy's got uh, blistering pace or he's got extraordinary movement, especially at 19 years old. And by the way, he did not sound 19 years old in that clip you just played, uh, played whatsoever. I, did. And I think that's probably, that's probably why we just remember the, the things that, that the one thing that went wrong for him, especially, you know, we were... Uh, we were struggling a bit that season for goals as well. We immediately wanted him to make a, an impact and he had the chance to make a really strong impact as well. Um, but you're right. I mean, uh, your piece is kind of really interesting. Uh, the number of players who talked about how dedicated he was, but not only that, but this is going back to when I was lucky enough to do the Grant Holt book as well. He would he he freely admitted that Kane did not come in with any sort of reputation. He didn't come in as this kind of uh, this genius 19-year-old who's going to come up and tear... Uh, the championship, uh, sorry, the Premier League to um, to bits. He came in as you know with an okay reputation from a, a from a club that uh, coaches their youngsters well, and he left pretty much with the same reputation. You know, he hadn't enhanced it when he was here as well. So that was interesting because uh, his rise has essentially taken everyone by surprise. I think, and what a magnificent footballer he is now. Yeah, and I, I like a couple of the comments at the end of the piece, Michael. It might have been you and Chester, and maybe um, one of his former teammates. Can't remember exact the exact one now, but. Um, they were saying how, you know, loan moves aren't necessarily the best ones when you necessarily in the team and, and, you know, playing loads of games, you learn more about yourself when maybe you struggle a bit more and you go through an injury and you, you know, you experience what Harry Kane experienced both at Norwich and then later in that season at Leicester. Yeah. I mean, the piece, first of all, it's a piece that shows that you can really tell a story out of anything. I mean, this is five, five matches and 5,000 words. So credit to you, Michael, for that. But is here listening to the stories of the people who were kind of involved in that loan deal and, and it paints a picture of you know what it takes to um to become the player that harry kane has become you, you can sort of just see bits of it in the article the, the attitude and the dedication and the devotion and, and the and the, the different sort of voices in the article each saying essentially that, that same thing and i don't know just a quick one i don't know if you guys saw the tottenham documentary on amazon harry kane didn't actually feature a lot in that because he was injured as well but the, the moments you did see i can you, you just saw it again somebody who is absolutely dedicated to his craft and is laser focused on what it needs to be and as Dan said he hasn't got any kind of world-class individual attributes maybe except maybe his finishing but he has clearly just honed every single thing and, and absolutely got the maximum out of every single quality that he's got and it's made him into the, the extraordinary kind of player that we have today and someone who's going to go on and beat Wayne Rooney's England goal scoring record and I'm sure break Tottenham goal scoring records and yeah fair play to him fair play to him remind me to retweet the piece when they all happen yeah David Fox was the other one who's loans loans manager at Huddersfield at the moment so I think it was quite pertinent for him um there's a, a lovely line from John, John Ruddy saying he wondered what Harry Kane made of watching Steve Morrison and Grant Holt train because he was, must have been like what is this how you train at Premier League level? <laughs> Which I just thought was brilliant. Um, and they, I'm not going to go through it all because there's obviously loads in there. It's not just 5,000 words on five games. It is obviously all the build-up and, 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 and some of the fallout and lots of lots of different stories and, and bits from people, just in case anyone gets too worried. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it, it's sort of... I think um, it, it struck me in terms of noticing how much effort he, he was putting in. And in, even people, Dan, um, I think it said that he when uh, he's still the same at Tottenham in, in a way, just how, how focused he is on, on what he's doing kind of keeps himself to himself. Someone, someone in the Norwich uh, setup mentioned that they wondered if he was working too hard on his finishing because actually everything else was 
was pretty good. I put that to Les Ferdinand and he's like, no, 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 you, you need to work on that as well. <laughs> you need to work on what you're doing there and then obviously develop it all around. I mean, to be honest, you probably didn't have the time to work on everything <laughs> over, that, over that period to get to that, to get to that level. And the other interesting thing that sort of arose from it was the, he was still working out what sort of player he was because Spurs weren't sure whether he was a number nine or whether he was a number 10, I think. Was it Chris Euton said he's a nine and a half, which nine is and a half. absolutely right. Because if you're picking the best number nines in the Premier League, he's, he's top three. If you're picking the best number 10s in the Premier League, he's top three in that as well. And he's somehow made both of those roles um, his own so you know and he was only 19 so when a player is sort of searching for form searching for their own sort of development searching for their own role to have asked in, and in a you know with the greatest respect in a Chris Hewton team that wasn't scoring goals and wasn't set up to score goals uh, it would have been uh, and it would have been a bit of a miracle if he'd spent a season here and banged in sort of 10 plus goals wouldn't it I think it's also interesting actually that at Tottenham I know that he'd had a couple of championship loans but they could, it's interesting Tottenham then sent him to Norwich knowing that he was unlikely to start because in that stage of his development, it would have been, uh, it, it seemed an odd decision to not, in retrospect, to not then move him to another club that would start him uh, immediately. I mean, no, no one said it to me, but I got the impression that he was like, well, I, uh, I think he wanted to stay. And the fact that he wasn't staying, I think he wanted a Premier League move. They had loads of interest. And as it mentions in the piece, Birmingham were, Birmingham, while well, Chris Hewton was there, it obviously really made him like a top priority. But I just remember the fact it was a late move, wasn't it? And it relied on Clint Dempsey moving. It was a really late move, which made it feel like um, desperate in terms of Norwich needing a fourth striker. Um, obviously, it was Chris Hewton. It was a, someone who'd only just turned 19 like a month earlier, barely played in the Premier League and a, a club Chris Hewton knew really well. So I think the overriding perception here and for some of his teammates was, oh, we just got a bloke in because we kind of need someone else. And that was it. And um, it's just that whole, I mean, in a way, that was quite, a, quite an environment for, for Harry to, to walk into, I suppose, as well, Ben it must be difficult going into a sort of strike force where you've got characters like Grant Holt and Steve Morrison who, you know, they do it their way. And I think at the end of it, their, their respect for Harry Kane kind of came through, didn't it? And some of the quotes from Morrow especially were, were really nice about, you know, Harry Kane. And I think he said, you wouldn't be fit to lace my boots now. Sorry, I wouldn't be fit to lace his boots. That's the correct one way or the other, yeah. <laughs> well, well, there's no, no lacing of boots is actually going to happen. But um, yeah, some really nice quotes, I think, from both of them. Okay, it's time for This Is Just Like Fantasy Football. Um, we are recording, as we usually do, on Monday, which means we've got a game Wednesday night, so 24 hours uh, longer at least, at Luton, and then Sheffield Wednesday's visit on Saturday before we return with another pod next week. So this is where we paint a picture of the forthcoming seven days and we let you all laugh at it um, if the events have already played out. Although I saw a note saying Steve did very well last week, apparently. So I, I don't listen back to it. So I'll <laughs> just see. Um, but of course, what, we, what we're doing is we're giving you, the audience, the valuable gift of hindsight. Uh, and we're going to do it with dramatic music. There it is. Can we all hear that? Hear it. How loud it is. Yeah. We, if we improve this next, we might end up improving it next week. I'm just warning you. Anyway, this is all important pro prediction time. What is going to happen at Luton? Are Norwich going to have more players out than they did for the League Cup game where Nathan Jones said it was irrelevant? Yes, why not? Um, what's going to happen at Luton, Ben? I think yes. that, well, it depends if, if Pookie's fit, right? When Dio yeah. and Pookie are the team. 
Emmy will play, won't he? Emmy, Emmy's just no, a Emmy, Emmy, Emmy will play, definitely. I'm just thinking yeah, yeah. If, yes. if, if Emmy and Pookie are in the team, I'm confident that we can get a positive result. Luton had a bad result of the weekend, didn't they? So I think we will win 2-1. I think you've just gone straight for the score prediction. Fair play. I can see, um, I saw Do- my lovely colleague... Uh, and friend Peter Raven um, mentioned that uh, Max Aaron's Tim Krull and there was someone else I can't remember who it was uh, all, all are injured and on 97 no City appearances and Emmy's on 90 so he's got 7 left which is obviously a terrible way of, of because you know I touch wood at the moment fingers crossed that, okay that's really uh, moderately interesting I suppose <laughs> let, let's, uh, my prediction is that Emmy stays fit and I've got both fingers crossed that this yeah. time next week, Emmy is still fit enough to play. They can't lose any more. They can't lose anyone else to injury, surely, Dan. Oh, that, yeah, no, absolutely can. Oh. Are you not expecting it now? <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah. It's going to get to the stage where Zimbo will be played up top at some point. I'm pretty confident. It's got to be an iconic um, moment. Say, yeah. Uh, and all, I think if Emmy's back, it's, it matters less who is up top because he will create chances for anyone. So... Uh, and against a team that plays football, tries to play football, as Luton do, I think we've probably got a better chance of coming away with a victory at Luton than perhaps in the next, in the following two games. Pulis ball. Pulis ball at Carrow Road. And what a, that as well. What a return for the fans. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that. The, the glistening irony of our first um, first game being able to go again, or a few of us being able to do you go. Th- do you think we'll sell out a thousand? <laughs> <laughs> two, two, two. Hands, hands some of our own allocation back. Yeah, <laughs> imagine it. Okay, no, I don't want that game. Thanks. Who's next? Okay. No, can I have the next one, please? Yeah, okay, it could happen. Uh, well, Emmy setting up Emmy Buendia, born to score goals, 1 0 Norwich away from home at Luton. Job done. Yep. People are nodding. Yes. Well, that's, all right, With that's a strong head. prediction. Um, Michael McGovern, clean sheet. Which game you know, are we talking about? Any, any, just in, in life, in general, from here on in. <laughs> are you asking me if Michael McGovern will have a clean sheet in life? <laughs> I don't know. The music's doing funny things to my brain. I can't really think. Um, other, it got more debuts. We Reese McClare got on for his debut at right back yeah, when yeah. Max Aaron's got injured. Oh, Can you tell us all about it, Michael? Reece, uh, no, no. He's a holding midfielder, is that right? Holding yes, midfielder? yes, sorry. Um, yes. I did do a piece from Newport and he played in that. He is a holding midfielder, um, very cultured Can on the ball. The uh, yes, well, you know more than I do, to be honest, Dan, so I think you should take <laughs> That's over. That's all I know. Holding midfielder Defin- came from Aberdeen. Definitely north of the border. Good name. Yeah. yeah it does feel like name? someone Peter Grant might have brought in, though, doesn't it, with a name like that? Well, because he's Scottish, is what you mean, isn't it? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Um, he he moves the ball around nicely. He's um, I've never seen him play at right back, and don't really remember much from uh, from Saturday's venture actually, because um, it was quite brief. Um, he's tall and physical, mobile, so um, he didn't stand out for me at Newport, if I can say that. But he is the the one who sort of pressed on. I think, I think, I feel like Will William Hondemark is still uh, developing, but maybe has the potential to, to do more when he gets there. I don't know. As from Harry Kane, who can predict potential? Who knows? But here's a prediction. Lucas Rupp will play right back against Luton. See, I was, I was wondering whether Ollie Skip might get that gig because mm. uh, now you've got Teddy to hold and Ollie has played there a couple of times 
in the game and that is time on the ball we will be with you all season long so make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice the podcast is available free for everyone on your usual player and ad free to subscribers of the athletic via our app uh, if you like what we're doing leave a review and a rating please and uh, spread the word if you wish of our efforts across the norris city world if you would like to get in touch ask me a question or propose a topic for discussion send me a direct message on twitter at michael j bailey i'll be catching up um, on those of course as we go through the weeks uh, in the meantime a big thank you to you ben thank you michael dan thank you so much thanks very much michael uh, we're back again next week for another on the ball a norwich city podcast from the athletic until then never mind the danger welcome to wits end welcome to you all uh, to all of you twitterkers if any of you have stumbled across this for the first time and are wondering what's going on listen to on the ball podcast number 42 which went live on september the 8th it's all explained there. You can email us, Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S, at iCloud.com, or use the hashtag Twitterkers on Twitter. Just don't explain what you're um, referring it all to. Uh, we'll crack on this week. Uh, let's see. We've got a... Oh, now, a big shout-out for whoever puts together the website, Twitterkers.co.uk, because I didn't shout out probably last week. And I, it is just the most phenomenal website Um that's been put together. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, if I can just take through some things here, we've got, um, uh, they, they've written down the reviews of the site. So it's obviously quite got quite a high opinion of itself. The site, there's the, um, wall of fame. Whoa. So for May, whoa, I mean, it works better as uh, written than, than, <laughs> than read out. Um, it's got some, some of the, uh, classics that we've, uh, <laughs> we've gone through, for example, it's not Twitter cause Hodgy, which is a, a, a lovely, that's on the hall of for May, whoa um there's some lovely good harry harry kane is the best striker to play for norwich in the past decade that was on from um that was on obviously from before i wrote my piece that's that that's a chris goran comment i think yeah, is it, on our on our first podcast wasn't it ben mm. um it was can i didn't realize i didn't realize we um there were testimonials so i'm, I'm just going to say something nice so i can get my name on here uh this twitter's <laughs> website is one of the finest websites you could possibly visit online so make sure you go there there we go oh, it's um there's uh, also do, we, do you have any suspicions about who runs it um who, it? i i i um yeah and not not anyone that i i yos hoyveld it could be yos hoyveld do you remember yos hoyveld don't forget um, obviously it probably isn't great for a podcast that i'm just reading it but it it's just it's brilliant so go if you if you're listening to this you need to visit twitterkers.co.uk and give the give the website some some love it's worth pointing out the bottom twitterkers twitter k-e-r-s at .co.uk even um my twitterkers the twitterkers um they've managed to embed my um my tiktok at the bottom uh, which i think is because i did (laughs) say i would that my next tiktok video would be would be at the oh, request dear. of whoever uh, wants to request anything so uh, i guess it looks like it look, it, it, you look at it well, this is terrible for the listeners obviously but if you look at that it looks like paul chesterton is taking a photo of you sat at your ah, it does oh paul chesterton's there <laughs> amazing he's the photographer who takes all of the uh, pictures for arch and, and they're just a really top bloke I'm basically just, a um, fan now. I've seen Wolf from Gladiators there, Michael. Was um was I right in detecting friend of the pod Jim Van Wyke on that audio clip from Harry Kane? You were, yep. Jim Van Wyke was there, my old colleague yeah, Harry yeah. Davitt. Yeah. Um the, you the were tough questions. I, I, indeed. I don't think the uh, I don't think the full clip's going in, so the old podders might not get to hear that. But we got to hear the whole the whole uh, the whole four minutes. Um if you really want to hear the whole four minutes, drop me a DM, I'll send no, it to you. you. <laughs> well, Michael. 
Pardon? TikTok. That genuinely you talking? Well, that was genuinely me. Yeah, what, what yeah. What's your voice? I don't know. It's really squeaky. I think it's probably the mobile home. It was really cold, maybe. Although it was. I didn't realise you were on work experience. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Hurricane sounds like he could have been your dad. There's a lovely bit at the end of the Hurricane's first answer where he just goes, yeah, you know, to get. Oh, I won't do an impression. Uh, to get into the uh, Premier League kind of thing <laughs> and i just thought it was like, he also said uh, do you know what i mean and as soon as he said that we should have known he was going to be an excellent professional footballer yeah dropping that in already at 19 years old he also threw in a nostalgic premiership as well he did throw in a couple of premierships yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's a good one for all youth players youth team players graduating who haven't quite been you know um, molded and professionalized in their media well, output that was that was the opposite to chris Hewton, obviously who famously every time he used to say the barclays premier league and it's full yes. kind of title didn't he he, he threw in the barclays because he got yeah. told at the start of the season and and by you know he was still using it in like february when everyone else had dropped it like months ago there we go um so yes twitterkers.co.uk just have a shout and and whoever's doing it you're doing a wonderful job thank you mr reynolds i i hope i pronounced that right for flagging up the wonderful 20-year anniversary of the incredible anti niemi caller on talk sport um you can google that someone basically thinking that um hart's goalkeeper was was scottish if i remember rightly wasn't it and and he was finnish obviously so maybe he's like the third best Finn potentially anti-nemi anyway um what else did we have here there was a lovely message uh richard 242 thanks for the message richard he uh posted about goal celebrations i've always liked this celebration keith bertstein but bertstein how do you pronounce that bertstein <laughs> keith bertstein keith bertstein it's just keith bertstein yeah. isn't it keith giving keith bertstein giving it large to his former club um and the video on YouTube also connect, contains added canary and dumpling. I'm going to share that video. It's going to be the, uh, I'm going to share that um, at the end of Daniel Farkas press conference on Friday, along with a link to the um, John Rogers, Alex Pritchard uh, video. Cause I think we mentioned that last week. I think that's great. Um, I think I was the person who was responsible for giving John Rogers access to Alex Pritchard. Was, right, do you regret that decision or are you happy with how it turned I, out? I, uh, yeah, I'm surprised. I quite liked Alex Pritchard. Alex Pritchard's really friendly. Yeah. I love Alex Pritchard. I think he's a he's, he's got a good sense of humour. Hmm. He I has. once got mistaken for Alex Pritchard at Carrow Road on a match day by a steward. He accused me of running late for the game. <laughs> Amazing. I, I, who's going to be happier with that one? Short, I think that's, that's probably about <laughs> it. I loved interviewing Alex Pritchard. I think he, I thought he was great. He was good footballer as well. Uh, you know what? I think we're done. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Unless there's any, oh, any other business? Any other business? Anyone? Uh, fully expecting a Josip Dermich song this week in, in, in retorts to Daniel Farker. What, what do you reckon he'll call it? Why Always Me? <laughs> Been done. Maybe, maybe duetting with Nelson Oliveira or Mo Leitner. I mean, he do, all he needs to do is retweet No Tomorrow, surely. And then he's, he's done. Not Cinderella. Did you know that Josip Dermich uh, paints? Did you know that? I did know that. Yes, I did actually. You know, yeah. he paints mostly himself. I mean, not his body. He paints murals of himself, like dressed as uh, like Superman and the Avengers and stuff like that. That's a true story. You know what? At least he's not short of hobbies. Yeah. yeah. Interesting guy. Do you know that Reese McClear's a sculptor? Did you know that? I, I, no. Did no? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, apparently. Well, I, re- I read it on The Athletic. I'm- <laughs> Really? No, shut up. Stop it. It's too late in the podcast for that stuff. Ben, 
Daniel, thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, definitely. Pleasure, Michael. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Superstars. Thanks all for listening as always. We'll see you next week. Fingers crossed. Mm -hmm.